welcome to the 9642 podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number 9. And this is The Fool. Your 96 best place to listen to... For 10 years. Yes. Yes. Um, for our 10th season of our mostly up-to-date... And unqualified. And unrequested. Ramblings of the various issues in the world of sport. Or something like that. Hello, everyone. This is our uh, much-weighted Cricket World Cup review podcast. Yeah. Uh, Nothing like getting you into the summer than to finish a Cricket World Cup. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We've had a long tournament. What do you think about the tournament so far? Um, Because we've finished the group stage and we've had a lot of games. We have had a lot of games. I think that's that's the thing that's really there is that it's just so many games. Oh. Um, but it's been good. I mean, Afghanistan have been really awesome. Almost could have made it into the um into the semifinals. Yeah. Um, Netherlands finished bottom but did better than expected. So that was good. Much better than expected, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was they beat South Africa? South Africa and Bangladesh. And Bangladesh, yes. So that's that's a really good showing. And um, yeah, they look dangerous. I think just about every game, like they looked like they could. They, if you didn't take they, them seriously, they they would upset. Yeah, them. they played well against Pakistan. They could have won. Um, mm. They played well against Sri Lanka, and they kind of played well against Australia as well. They got smashed yeah, yeah. by England and Afghanistan and India, obviously. Obviously. I think we beat them reasonably comfortably as well, so I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. New Zealand beat them fairly yeah. comfortably. But I think the team that's going to be really disappointed are Sri Lanka. Even though they didn't finish bottom, mm. they missed out on the uh, Champions Trophy Yeah. Um, by finishing outside the top eight. It's a bit weird that they announced that the Champions Trophy qualification is going to be the top eight of this World Cup, like halfway through. Yeah. Some teams may have taken things a bit differently if that was told beforehand. Yeah, probably. It is a bit yeah. harsh to be like halfway through. Oh, by the way, like oh, thanks. That's yeah. That would have been nice to know. Yeah. So exactly. basically, uh, Bangladesh, with through net run rate, uh, managing to get uh, stay ahead of uh, Sri Lanka to qualify for the champ. Champions Trophy, England winning their last game, just about uh, probably the the other most disappointed team in this World Cup. Oh yeah, easy. There, yeah. Obviously, defending champions in very good form, and then you know sometimes you just catch a run of bad form. Yeah, and they re- England. They really did catch a run of bad form. They just were yeah not so great. And I think New Zealand in their first game exposed a lot of the weaknesses and that. In both the English bowling attack and their batting approach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because New Zealand effectively outplayed New England in all three departments in their opening game. Yeah, yeah. Like, fighters, yeah. after Will Young got out, pretty much Devin Conway, Rachin Ravindra didn't sweat at no. all. They just cruised right throughout from that point <laughs> onwards. They just, and they looked in the element as well. Hmm. Which was really good to see. Yeah. Like it was a it was a great opening. Um, it was just yeah, amazing. 
I'm moving on from England. I think Afghanistan, while they'll be unhappy to have missed out on a semi-final spot, they played very, very well. Uh, yeah. Losing to Bangladesh will be very disappointing to them now because they their net run rate is uh, was uh, while not that good. They could have potentially in the last game. Uh, you know, we we never know what the result could have been for New Zealand in their last game against Sri Lanka. It could have still been open, but they were pretty much yeah. given a lot, like an impossible uh, chance yeah. uh, in the last game. Yeah, they... Pakistan in a similar boat. They probably regret losing to Afghanistan because they could have once again swapped around with New, uh, with New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, that was. The way I read it as well was that yeah, Pakistan just lost one too many winnable games in this once again. Like, yeah. Yeah. If they had just kept things ahead a little bit, then it might have worked out, but wasn't to be. Exactly. And up from there, we have the semi-finalists. New Zealand started the tournament obviously really strong, lost four games in a row. Yeah. To, like against India, while they didn't play badly, India quite comfortably defeated New Zealand. Um, New yeah. Zealand is still the only team I think to score the most number of runs against India. This they've done to did a two hundred and ninety odd. Yeah, I think so. so. That's still a decent target, even if India got there quite quickly. Yeah, that's not a that's not a super easy target to. Chase down, and then they lost to Australia by the thinnest of margins. Ooh, yeah, five runs. I... And there's like probably some players from that te- from the team are gonna look at that game with a bit of regret. Like uh, Daryl Mitchell didn't need to try and hit the ball out of mid wicket after he'd already hit a six. Yeah. In yeah. that over. Ditto Rachin Ravindra the way he got out. But in the yeah. end, they yeah, uh, Jimmy Nisham once again is on the wrong end. Of a close game in the last yeah. ball, uh, gets run out. Um, yeah. Then they lost, yeah, thrashed by South Africa. I think yeah. also like that was an opportunity they should have made South Africa chase in probably. that game probably, because yeah. South Africa's lineup is probably weaker, is the weaker side of their team, yeah. and like we can get an early wicket or two, you know, you can expose their batting lineup because it doesn't bat long. Though yeah. Quentin de Kock is obviously in very good form. Yeah, yeah. The moment. Um and New Zealand once again batted really well against Pakistan, but the bowling let them down. I mean even before rain, Pakistan like Fakhar Zaman didn't look like he was gonna get out. No. I mean yeah, the the problem with that game is the rain took away the yeah. chance for New Zealand to fight back, right? To to turn it around. Because there's still Pakistan's only halfway there. Still a lot of game left to go, but yeah, yeah. that starts by you say Fakhar just blew it all away. It's yeah, as you say, it didn't look like he was getting out, and you know, perhaps he was taking away a chance to absolutely score a monster score. So um, yeah, but yeah, it's just it's one of those games. That's how international cricket sometimes goes. You just yeah yeah. And then, obviously, a good win against Sri Lanka. Great bowling performance to come back in. Yeah. I think New Zealand is fair to say underperformed in the group stages. I think mm. their 
times their bowling has let them down, both against Australia and against Pakistan, the bowling let them down. Yeah. Um, and against India is a bit of the, the batting, though that's not to dismiss the brilliance that is the Indian bowling lineup. So. Yeah, I think they'll, they've, as I said, they reacted the best to that Indian bowling lineup. And yeah. like, so two nineties a score. The batters I have not under par, are not unders. No, no, it's it was decent, but it was I guess it was the death bowling. Like Indian death bowling was just on point, and we just could not score any runs in that game. At that, for yeah. like the last ten overs was was just absolutely smothered down by India. So yeah, um, say I'm not taking not say anything there because yeah clearly that was just masterful bowling by India and then they were able to structure their their chase well enough um but yeah it sort of felt that that one if we got over the 300 maybe that might have been a bit more of a a defendable one but that's just life yeah, I mean, it it points towards a potentially high-scoring game against India and the Wankadi. Mm. Um, Australia started off weak, losing their first two games. Lots of people they are saying they're not going to make the semis. Yeah. And then they take a win against Sri Lanka, Pakistan, and then slowly make their way forward. Like, obviously, an incredible performance against New Zealand. Great win against England. And obviously the epic win against Afghanistan, where Glenn Maxwell, yeah, he's made one of the great, all-time great greatest innings in ODI cricket history, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it pretty much comes to that. Well, it's the highest total by a batsman ch- in any chase um, for an ODI. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the next highest is 190 or 193, like that. Um, so yeah. And there's other things that go with it. I think it's yeah, one so, of the highest, one of the highest by a non-opener as well in the ODI, if not the yeah, highest. Yeah, it is one of the highest by a non-opener. I think. Yeah. Um, basically, the um, there's a great video by Jared Kimber where he's saying like it's being called the greatest ODI knock of all time. He's like, we can say that there are four uh, innings that are probably up there as the greatest uh, ODI knocks of all time. There's Kapil Dev's 175 against Zimbabwe uh, when India were at like when he came into bat India were uh, were something like 50 for five and then they became right. 60 for six right. and then he got them to 270 odd. Oh wow! Yes, yeah. and it was off 130 odd balls as 175. Point yeah. out that back in those days they used the red ball. There was no power plays, no yeah, fielding yeah. restrictions. And the ball swung, so yeah, yeah. De- very very difficult uh, conditions. Uh, and Zimbabwe had beaten Australia in their previous game. Yeah, yeah. So they were, and they were about to beat India. So they, that, uh, like, so that's like what a what are the knocks? There's like a mother match by uh, Richards scoring 189, which was the highest ODI score at the time. Mm. He once again came in and batted with the tail so at one point the west indies were uh, 80 for uh, 80 for 7 Ooh. like michael holding got 20 off 40 odd balls batting with him and he scored 189 off 120 odd yeah they scored 300 and uh, 290 odd which tells you how bad the rest of the batting was when he scored 189. Yeah, yeah. 
But those two were both innings batting first, obviously still under pressure, but they're batting first. Yeah. And then Kevin O'Neill scoring his 155, uh, 155 against England when Ireland beat England in the 2011 uh, ODI World Cup chasing yeah, yeah. 350. Um, he was obviously, he came into bat at number five. Uh, Ireland were not in the best of shape and they looked like they were going to peter out. But yeah, he kind of brought them back into the game. He wasn't <laughs> there in the end, unlike Maxwell, who was there in the end. Yes. And like, by all rights, Australia shouldn't have won. And like, every time after the drop catch, I was literally like, that's an incredible shot. How is he making that shot? Like, fuck footwork. Who needs this shit? Who needs that shit? <laughs> yeah. I think it was, was, was it you or was someone from work who had, like, there was a great meme going around of, like, New Zealand, you know, I think it was after New Zealand game, but it's here, New Zealand tactician, working it out, like, lines on paper and, like, perfect tactics, and then just Chad Australia just coming in, psh, tactics, psh, just smash it, smash, smash, and that game sort of, that was Maxwell, just like, you say, what, who needs footwork? Just hit it hard. If you can see it like a beach ball, just whack it out of the ground yeah. and you're fine. Exactly. Um, that's the sort of uh, form Australia comes in, which is why, despite the fact that South Africa's had an incredible World Cup, their batting lineup have looked on point. You don't want to be facing Australia in a semi-final, especially if you're South Africa, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, I guess... The benefit being that the South Africa have already beaten Australia this World Cup, so maybe that gives them a bit of a mental edge. But yeah, I, I don't really see. You say history says you're South Africa, and you're playing Australia in a semi-final, and Australia has found this form at the tail end of the, the tournament. It's just yeah. One Not thing to note pretty. though, if this game ends up with a no result because of a. Uh, uh, rain, like mm. it's not able to be completed, South Africa would go ahead because they've beaten Australia in the group stage. Yeah. Ditto India against New Zealand. But if it ends in a tie, you have a super over. Oh, yeah. Do they have... I forgot to look up. Do they have the... Um, they don't have the uh, reserve days. They have World reserve Cup? days. Oh, they do have the reserve days. For semi-finals, like last time as well. Yep. We could have once again get a a, um, a wonderful ODI over two days. Yes. Yeah, how that Based, goes, but there is some potential for that New Zealand game to have rain, so that could be a very tactical yeah uh, match. But yeah, Rohit Sharma is beating his team in Mumbai. Hard to see him lose. Uh, hard to see India lose, but you know, if any team is. Designed to be a banana peel for India to slip on, it's New Zealand. I'd say, talking about traditions in um, World Cup semi-finals, <laughs> New Zealand beating India is just one of those ones, you know, well, it's, well, it's one apiece. And knockout. Yeah. Semi-finals, it's one apiece. Because, yeah, knockouts, I meant, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah knockout, because uh, I think in the 2000... Uh, uh, 19 World Cup, obviously, they famously knocked India out. 2011, um, they didn't face India in the knockouts. Um, and I think 2003, India beat New Zealand in the semifinals. How was that one? They beat us, yeah. That's, and they went to the final to play Australia. 
Yeah. Um, and in the uh, in the '99 World Cup, New Zealand beat India in the Super Sixes game I to see. make it to the semis. So technically, that's not a semi-final or oh, right, a knockout. Yeah. No, it's probably the ones I'm thinking about as well. The Super Six type ones. Always forget the yeah. format they do. Which is cool. that format is coming back in the next World Cup. Oh yeah. So there will be Super Sixes uh, along with the um, with the uh, two groups. So you know it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the end. But uh, New Zealand. Uh, uh, though before this game, apparently, before New Zealand's game against India, New Zealand, India hadn't beaten New Zealand in an ICC, um, no, uh, ICC uh, tournament game uh, since that 2003 World Cup game. All right. Also, I guess New Zealand tech did beat India in the finals of the 2000. Uh, Champions Trophy, which New yeah. Zealand won famously, and yeah. obviously they beat India in the 2021 Test World Championship yes. final in Southampton, famously again. Famously. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, our two semi-finals are pretty, pretty interesting um, storylines for both of them, really. Like it's, it's yeah. The ghosts of '99 for South Africa, Australia, and I guess for India and New Zealand, it's basically like this is the friendly rivalry in world yeah. cricket. Like the team, the two teams that seem to have a low-key sporting rivalry that's not doesn't really have like the bad blood, but like it's still yeah. like intense games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's no no, yeah, you say bad blood in it, but it's still like super, super intense, super competitive. Um, yeah. With both teams really wanting to to get something out of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think like it's just a weird tradition. Like India travel to New Zealand and some often do badly in tours here, like for test yeah. matches, and in uh, New Zealand do the same thing in India. Yeah. So that part like somehow always ends up uh, that way as well. Um, but yeah, this is a tournament in India. Uh, I hopefully New Zealand will um, learn from their mistakes. So how do you see the lineup? Obviously, I think the top four kind of pick themselves, right? Probably, yeah. yeah top five, probably. Yeah. You've got your Conway, uh, Ravindra, uh, Kane, uh, followed by. Uh, Daryl Mitchell, Glenn Phillip, yeah. and uh, Tom Latham. So that's yeah. your top six. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got a bit of off-spin bowling with uh, uh, with Glenn Phillips in there. You've got a, some medium pacers with Daryl Mitchell, then and some obviously some off-spin from Rachin, left down spin from Rachin Ravindra. Exactly. And you've got probably. Um, Mark, uh, Mark Chapman coming in at number seven has been what they're doing to be the other closer. So yeah. New Zealand has a lot of batting in that lineup. And yeah. then you've got Santner, who's had a good tournament. Yes, um, very good tournament. Turn, uh, uh, you've got Santner and Bolt. And here is the thing, because obviously Tim Southey's been okay. He's had to play the last game. I don't know. I think Matt Henry's out of the tournament. Matt Henry's out do of the you, tournament, yeah. Do you keep Saudi 
or do you take a punt on Kyle Jamison? Oh, that is a thing. I mean, I'm a Salvi fanboy, so I would go Salvi, but potentially Jameson's the a better option against India. Like that's the it things. Is, like, which one's going to? Because Lockie's playing, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. Lockie's back to being fit, so he's playing. Like we have, yeah, yeah. we almost have to take him. Um, you have to take Lockie and Trent, Trent. like that. Yeah. And you need Sentner. Um, it's basically the fourth bowler. Yeah. Whether that is going to be Carl Jameson or Tim Saudi. Has Jameson played much? I'm trying to think where he played. I don't think he's played yet, has he? I don't. He hasn't played a game yet. No. Oh. Which case, probably Saudi is the right call then. Um, you know, do you want to throw someone in who hasn't bowled in anger in this this World Cup yet? Um, but at the same time, as say potentially. Jamison's the the better option in terms of the matchups and the the style. I yeah, the Wankiri Stadium, he might mm. be better. Also, nobody's been oh. playing him or watching him. Yeah, I think so. He's got a surprise factor. Yeah, I think it comes down a little bit though. That surprise factor. But if we do get to, I think the stats are that the Wankiri you win the toss and and bat first, but you want to. Those first 15 overs under lights are just killer. Um, so you want to force the other team to, to chase. In which case, and it, it swings and it seems. So in which case, I think you want Saudi over Jameson. If you if you can bet second, and yeah. Saudi's going to move that ball more than Jameson. But if you're having to, um, or bowl second, I should say, but if you're having to bat second, then you probably want Jameson. A, you probably give you a bit more at the at the front end in bowling um, and then potentially a bit better hitting further down the order as well which you're going to have to get the most out of all the way down if you're batting second because that's, yeah and um, he does famously get Coley a lot so yeah that's I mean that was my first thought was that you know Jameson tends to do really good against India so yeah, um, that's from a matchup point of view. It seems to that I think from the conditions, it's probably Saudi, um, because ideally you're, you're bowling second, and Saudi I think Saudi and, and Bolt and Ferguson will be unplayable in those first 15 overs or first little bit, um, and then you can bring Satner and Ravinder and, and Phillips and Chapman or whoever on to, to yeah, um, well, I don't think. Chapman hasn't bowled much, but... No, he hasn't. But he can bowl. Yeah, he's had to bat more often than I thought he would because he's batting, obviously, really low down the order. Mm. Um, And he's looked okay every time he's gone out to bat. Yeah. Um, Tom Latham's also looked pretty good, even though he hasn't had to bat too often. It's players like your, uh, like Glenn Phillips is basically the guy who's due for a good score because he hasn't scored a 50 yet. He's bowled really well this tournament. Um, He hasn't scored, you know, a signature knock yet this tournament. Yeah. Um, So it'd be good to see him get some runs. Uh, Obviously, Devin Conway, he's been like getting starts, and after apart from the uh, uh, like a fifty and a hundred, he's not done much else. So 
another guy who probably wants to convert those starts into a big knock in the semis. Uh, like, yeah. Ratchin Ravindra and Kane Williamson are just, they seem so simpatico. Like, when they bat together... Yeah. They, uh, technically, like, they really, uh, they, they could have almost taken New Zealand to a 450-plus score that day. I'm not saying that, you know, batting lost the game for New Zealand. Absolutely not. But, you know, they, uh... They got out at weird times, but they were looking pretty much unstoppable at that point. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah, it's just one of those things sometimes, but yeah, hopefully they're on top that way as well, and then it's just a a matter of, of, of playing well. So, yeah, best-case scenario, we win the toss, bat first, put up a nice high score, 350, close to 400, if not over 400. And then India are under pressure at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what you have to hope for. Um, yeah. Make India chase. They don't have Tony. Hope that works out. <laughs> exactly. Well, they had the chase last time, and they did have Tony, and they still didn't manage it. So, I think that's, that's the. True. And that's the answer, really, for New Zealand. I think they've got to make India chase. Um, They've got yeah. to get, and they've got to set a decent score, I say. Hopefully around the 350, make India chase it and and have that weight of expectation also on India sort of having to settle down on their shoulders um, and then yeah, have Bolt, Salvi or Jameson and Lockie, you know, get some early wickets and then then it's game on. Then it's something that we can work with. Yeah, there's yeah. two going... Yeah, it's really stirred in there at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I just want them to get Virat Kohli out uh, quickly <laughs> so that Russian Ravindra can end up with the most number of runs in the tournament. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Potentially, if Rachid Ravindra scores back-to-back -back centuries in the finals and semi-finals, that's player of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, Stats, right? Exactly. So, incredibly, but not surprisingly, Virat Kohli is averaging 99 in this World <laughs> Cup. Yes. That's, that's just crazy. It's like, yeah, it's not surprising, but it's still incredible. Yeah, he's still like, that's a decent one. Yeah, like, rumors of the king's death were greatly exaggerated. Exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah, he's still he's right. He's still the king. He's still amazing. And and you're right. That's the probably a, a good key key wicket there. Um, you don't want Coley being able to to steer the whole thing and and yeah. take control of the game. You need to take it out of him. There you go. Get he early. Won, he le he led the t he team to the win against New Zealand. Yeah, that's the thing. Like with India, you got Sharma up top, and if he's Great charmer if he's got it's a good start, he you know, sets the tone and then even if you get him, you know, Coley's got all the time in the world then and if Coley's got time yeah. he's just going to he's not gonna be getting out and he's just gonna grab the game and just win the game for India because that is what Coley does. But if you've got him under pressure, if you've got them down a few, then he has to do a little bit too much and then things, you know 
you got more chances that way. I mean, the same goes for New Zealand, right? New Zealand's not quite as big a hitting and power things, but like if we get off to good starts, you know, Williamson comes in. Williamson's the same. He can control that game. He can um, control the pace. He knows how to set up a chase or set up a total. He knows what he's calculating the whole time and getting it there. So. Same thing, give New Zealand, the New Zealand top order um, breathing space and they'll put on a big score. But the same goes for India. Yeah. I think exactly. Actually, yeah. I think they're both very calm batting lineups. They tend yeah. to not, they just know, okay, this situation, we do this. Yeah. And yeah. that's how they play. Exactly. Like, while I don't think either team, New Zealand or uh, India, have a player like Maxwell, like that ridiculous talent. Yeah. Uh, like who can literally just do something impossible to win you games. They're less reliant on it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like Australia has had to win a lot of games with Glenn Maxwell. Like that game against New Zealand, Glenn Maxwell almost changed, is the guy who changed the complexion again at the depth. Like New Zealand's death bowling was terrible in that game. Like the middle overs, like Glenn Phillips and Santner almost got them back into a rhythm. Like they almost looked like, at one point they looked like they might've even been able to keep uh, Australia under 350, which would have been, I think, a very potentially chaseable score for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. As we know, they have, have, you know, they they had that in them, like, you know, the ability to chase that in them. Yeah. but you know, uh, like you got an extra fifty odd runs thanks to people like uh, Glenn Maxwell and Pat Cummins, uh, and he, you know, yeah, yeah, putting on that partnership. Uh, and Glenn Maxwell obviously was dropped as well, as long as well as uh, uh, Pat Cummins, like two very costly do- uh, drops at the death. Um, but exactly. this is the thing: like he's obviously going to be a player who gives you chances, so you'll have dropped, you know. So he will, there'll be times when he comes up, but he's averaging 79 at the moment with a strike rate of 152. I mean, I'll say it. If Australia win the World Cup, he's going to be a big reason why, and he's going to be player of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. You get things like that coming up, yeah. And and that's what happens sometimes, right? You can have a a player that's sort of... It's Lance Klusner-esque. You remember yeah. that 99 World Cup where he just, like, had an incredible tournament? Exactly. Sometimes that's just how it goes. You have a, a player that does that, that just takes the tournament by the scruff of the neck and just drags his own team through it. Like, we're not losing this. So you're right, yeah. If, if Australia wins the tournament, you can say Glenn Maxwell is perhaps the, their talisman that's, that's made that happen. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of weird stuff about the way Australia play. Like, obviously, David Warner, Travis Head, they're all great players. Um, Mitchell Marsh has been a bit hit and miss. I don't understand why you have Marnus Labuschagne instead of Steve Smith. Yeah. If you're going to have an anchor, Labuschagne, I think Smith is better. Uh, Joss Inglis has been okay in the games he's played. I don't understand why players like Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis are batting so low down the order. There's a lot of times where I'm just like, guys, just promote Maxwell. Just get him on. Yeah. 
when he's playing like he is, just get him out there and have him smash. Yeah, obviously, uh, he's um, he's the player. I think he's the informed player, and they wanted him there to be like the death guy. But yeah. I think Australia, like, this is the thing. New Zealand would uh, doesn't have a talented player like Glenn Maxwell, but they'd never waste him. You know, like yeah, he yeah. would be. If New Zealand were like a hundred for none at the end of the power play and they lost a wicket in the eleventh over, Ma you know, Ma Glenn Maxwell is coming in to yeah. bat. Yeah, why not at that point? Right. You know, we've got forty more overs, but you know, what if we get forty overs of Glenn? Like, you know, yeah. that's just how that would play. Whereas Australia, like, yep, let's just save him for the end. Yeah. Like. It's like Glenn Maxwell comes from a long line of these Australian players who get whose talents don't get utilized by the team properly, like Andrew Simons or yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean Jones. Yeah. I mean, I feel like New Zealand used to do that a bit as well, going back, like late 90s, 2000s, where we would had a, a, a formula and a plan, and that was what needed to happen. And then if things didn't quite conform to that then they didn't really have yeah. a, a a way out of that to, to adjust and well it was probably end of the 2000s into the 2010s and it was really Brendan McCullum really that's the catalyst for that change in New Zealand to be like nope we roll with the punches you know and say if we've got to, things are going well put them to the sword send out the power hitters early if that's that's the way you say you're 150 odd lose your first wicket it's a good batting pitch send out the guys who are going to smash it out of the ground yeah and if they get out well they got out you know then you can go back to to the the sensible batting and the the accumulation but if they don't hey you just piled on you know another 50 or 100 runs in a short amount of time you know this game's going to be yours to win yeah exactly and I think that's the um, like that flexibility is I think New Zealand pretty much seem to have their record in tournaments that they do since 2011 World Cup where they uh, it's because they're just always flexible they're just always gonna do what they think is the optimal move not stick to what the plan yeah. was I mean, it's how they almost all have to. Like, they almost have to, though, because yeah. I don't. New Zealand's not as talented and doesn't have the talent pool that the other big three nations have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and we've also had, I feel, during that time, some of the the more street smart and intelligent captains as well, and, and players. Like, yeah. not even just a captain. I say captain because, but that's really not giving the rest of the senior leadership or just the whole team in general enough credit there because that's something you know both McCullum and then and Williamson have done is that they you know they rule but they rule by committee as well like there's always a critical moment there's, there's always, always a bit of, room there's yeah. always room for them to look at uh, other people's ideas yeah and they want they want that input Exactly. They say they're looking for the most optical, optimal solution to the problem, right? And you get that by a little bit of a committee, but also decisive action. So, you know, like the the there's no question that the captain and the coach 
come up with ideas, but they look at everybody's feedback. But then the captain decides what to do. There's no question yeah. that it's up to the captain. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's this wonderful thing where you know all the and that's been the similarities between the two of them, between Williamson and and McCullum. Even though they've had different personalities, different philosophies, and you know, but just that ability to be like, oh, you think this, you think this, or oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, we're doing that. That's the plan. There it is. And they make those decisions nice and quick as well. Um, you know, they gather the feedback quick, they make the decision quick, and it works out. Just they can just sort of take all the information and, and, and process it really quick and just come up with the best options. And if, uh, they can change that as well. Like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. Oh, no, that didn't work. Or oh, it's not working how we think. Adjust, adjust, change, change. Here we go. Yeah. 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 It has been a, a centerpiece of... I think Rajinovindra is like the, like... Emblem, emblematic of that, right? Like he got picked because Michael Bracewell got injured and couldn't yeah. make the tournament. He, we initially thought, okay, he's gonna bat lower down the order somewhere, mm. but Kane Williamson gets injured, so he bats number three. Kind of makes himself undroppable. Yeah. At number three, he tries four for a bit, and then gets pushed up to be an opener. And, then and he's kind of performed in all the positions, like, but, you know, the team were flexible around moving players to fit the best outcome. Yeah, exactly. And with what we had as well, like, looking at and going, what is, yeah, what resources do we have? How can we make this, this I think the best we can? Yeah, I think of the teams in the World Cup, New Zealand has wasted their batting opportunities the least. Yeah. When New Zealand's underperformed with the bat, it's always been because the opposition bowling has been really good. Yeah. yeah. When the opposition bowling isn't good or is mediocre, New Zealand always cashes in. Yeah. And even when it's not good, New Zealand don't lose everything. They just they minimize they go they minimize their losses. Uh, whereas, like, there's a lot of t- teams that are like, you could have gotten 400. Like, Australia at one point was like, you could have gotten 400. We almost put you down to all being below 350, and you ended up with, like, 388, you know? Yeah, yeah. Really cool. Uh, into it. Yeah. Whereas, it, that was a... Uh, yeah, they were 150... Uh, for none uh, in after 10 overs. They should have gotten 400 runs. Like, that's an opportunity lost. Yeah. And, yeah. So, this is like, that's what New Zealand need to keep doing. Like, I don't, I know that they are the favorites, and I do expect that they'll win. Oh, but yeah. But I don't think it's a done deal. New Zealand are a team that can beat India, but it's not easy. Yeah, exactly. It, it's no, it's never going to be easy. I mean, you're facing an Indian team that's almost peak at their peak performance yeah. in India in front of a massive crowd that's just going to be going nuts for India. Um, and the best yeah. player in the world is on fire. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, several of the best players in the world are on fire for India. Like it's yeah. Like who's the, who am I talking about? Virat Kohli, Jasprit Bumrah, or Mohammed Shami? Yeah. <laughs> Take your pick. Take your pick. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, it's like it's it's peak India right now. Like, yeah, they are playing 
a ridiculously well. They've got a really good outfit. You know, their batting lineup is scary. Their bowling lineup is just one of the best in the world. Um, but you say, if you look at, like, if I look at the teams that were in the in in the semi-finals, yeah, New Zealand's. I know we came fourth, <laughs> slipped in at fourth, but probably looked the best against them. Probably yeah. the best option to beat them. So, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. Awesome lineup. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to both games. They both promise to be crackers. Yeah. Um. But the I but I think that's all we have time for today. Um. Thanks very much for listening, and look forward to hearing from you next time. Catch you next time. Well, that is the end. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you liked what you heard, be even more. Find Six Four Two Discord and a buy me a coffee. Pretty sure it's buy me a beer. Oh yeah, buy me a beer on buymeacoffee.com. In both these places, you can talk to us, and we may even listen. Especially if you do buy a said beer or coffee, I might still be confused. Yes, we're easily bribed. All links are in the show notes below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This is on YouTube. <laughs>